All right, welcome to another edition of the Drink on the Job podcast, a podcast about working at a brewery and the interesting stories and people we come across along the way. My name is David Karn. I am the default host of this thing because I pretty much live in the podcast and other recording studio, the audiovisual studio we've built in the corner of our expanded tap room here. Fully soundproof room. Pretty sure we're the only brewery in the country, dare I say the world, that has a fully functioning uh, recording studio in there. So I'm in heaven. And uh, and anyway, uh, we'll be joined on this particular podcast by Brad Wilson, our marketing manager, and new voice here, new uh, uh uh, team member here, Kate Fakel, our brand new intern, media intern, uh, makes an appearance as well. This one kind of goes a little bit all over the place. We're just getting back into the swing, uh, teaching Kate how to work the knobs here in the studio and having some fun, talking about some new things that are going on here at the brewery, and uh, just some general talk, a lot of Star Wars talk that uh, I don't get to participate in that well because. Although I am a fan, apparently I don't n- not that much of a fan. I don't qualify. Kate's sitting here laughing at me. Uh, it, I'm just not cool, guys. I'm just not cool. But um, before we get into it, let me give a quick shout out to some of our partners. It is beach season, guys. It is warm outside. We are in Alabama. I grew up in South Alabama myself, so I'm a beach guy, or at least we were in proximity to the beach, went down there a good bit. Um, in, in my days, I went down to uh, Destin and Panama City just because it was so close to where I was from. The other side of the corner of the state, though, is the Alabama beaches. And, and, and we are all about Alabama at Back 40 Beer Company. And uh, Gulf Shores and Orange Beach, of course, continuing along that beautiful uh, crystal clear white sand beaches of the Gulf Coast. Um, that's our little spot of heaven in Alabama. So, um, Gulf Coast, or excuse me, Gulf Shores and Orange Beach are where it's at. And where you need to stay is with our friends at Meyer Vacation Rental. You can go to MeyerVacationRentals.com or MeyerRE.com. And uh, also go on our website. Uh, probably later today, we'll have um, a, a link to some special deals you can get with Meyer. They are in their 50th year of operation, 1967 to 2017, of uh, making families happy down at the beach. So take your family down there and stay with uh, one of their awesome spots. I stayed at one a few weeks ago we went down there for a fishing trip and stayed at a beautiful spot right on the gulf brad just got back from one yesterday uh top-notch locations down at the beach gulf front or if you want to save a little bit they've got some off off the beach properties as well meyerre.com and again check out back40beer.com for links on our website to get some cool deals um, also, with this summer heat and uh, just general, well, just with the summer, it's time to play some golf, guys. Golf is a wonderful pastime. It is a, you know, I think right up there with with baseball in terms of an Amer- American sport. Uh, just thinking about way back in the days, I can't believe I'm going down this road here of going back to, uh, you know, the just thinking about all those guys, you know, Ben Hogan and crew and the or it's, there's some names that I can't whatever. Golf is America and uh, we love America especially as we're getting close to July 4th our birthday here here at America. 
Uh, so anyway, Robert Trent Jones Golf Trail, 11 world-class courses in Alabama, the largest single golf construction project ever undertaken in the world here in Alabama. Again, 11 stops, world-class. We got one of them right outside of Gadsden in, in Glencoe called Silver Lakes. I've talked about this on a podcast before. Silver Lakes is very unique in that it was affected by the 2011 tornado outbreak. And the big one that went through the EF4, I believe, that went through Tuscaloosa also came all the way up through uh, skirted Gadsden and went right over about half of the course at Silver Lakes. They lost, um, I want to say, 20,000 or 30,000 trees, just totally leveled. And if you if you know anything about the Robert Trent Jones Golf Trail, their courses are very wooded, um, a lot of uh, mostly hardwoods actually, but also some pines, of course. Um, and about half of Silver Lakes looks like a course in Arizona because of the tornado. So it's very unique. Uh, it's very forgiving on that half. You can basically slice your ball a couple of fairways over and maybe even have a better approach. So um, again, 11 courses throughout the state. You can go to back40beer.com slash rtjgolf and get a free, you don't have to buy anything, no purchase required, get a free trail card rate voucher that you can print off, or you can just buy one of our six-packs. So again, by law, lawyer here, uh, no purchase required. You can't, you, you, we can't force you to buy alcohol to get something cool. Un, un, I don't want to say unfortunately. I, don't, I, I get it. I get why we can't do that. Um... So we can't do that. So we offer it for free online. Back40beer.com slash RTJGolf if you want to check it out there. Or just go to a supermarket, pick up a, a, a six-pack of cans because we're talking about golf here, guys. No glass on the course, just like there's no glass on the beach. So on the bottom of our can six-packs, you will see both RTJ and Meyer uh, uh, prominently on the on the bottom there. So anyway, check them out and check out RTJ golf.com as well for general information about the trail that's it feel like i went on a little bit too long there but you know what it's been a long time and welcome kate i'm looking at kate right now she's laughing and trying she's trying not to have her voice be audible to be picked up by this amazing uh uh podcasting gear we have and i'm being facetious there has been very patiently uh, working through all of my, uh, uh, what, what do we want to call it, extreme extreme organization, Brad? I love it. It's like a sport. Extreme I, ownership as applied to organizational skills. Yeah, extreme organization. That's it. I, yes. Th- th- I'm going to, that's my book. I'm going to. You're going to write extreme organization. Yeah. Jocko and Leif be damned. Uh, the table of contents is going to be epic. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible uh, table of contents. It's, it's, footnotes in the table of it's contents. Gonna be a footnotes, <laughs> footnotes referencing yeah. uh, endnotes. Right. And the endnotes are going to reference back to footnotes. It's going to be circ- AMA yeah. style. 
subsection A, Article B of the Table of Contents reads, C, page one. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, you got to have a footnote yeah. that tells you to start. Yes. <laughs> See, yes. page one. <laughs> Before you begin, stop and rebegin. <laughs> at the beginning. First of all, intro, Kate Fickell, who is, who is, Turning the knobs here. She she's what three weeks on on the job in an internship role here at Back Forty. Kate has content creator. She Kate has a skill go. set. She has a particular, a very set particular of set of skills that she that was not a bad. Liam Neeson. Let me I go ahead and say find that. You. Um. Anyway, she she she's a a photo. Hang on, I'm gonna get this wrong. Photojournalism major with uh, with a minor in what philosophy. And, and one other thing that I don't remember, and journalism. journalism. So it's like a meta photojournalism with a minor in journalism. So I guess the fo- you focused on the photo. Right. Well, and then you wanted to write. Important. Yeah. See, Con- we're going to have to get. Content. Yeah. Sounds like content to me. You know, and another thing you can do here, Kate, too, in case you chime in. Because, hey, you know what? Let's make it fun. Kate gets a mic. Uh, okay. yeah, yeah. It set it over there on the get the, grab the purple mic, which I think is still out in the uh, in the what have you there in the expanded tap room. Did you see the email I sent you today about Neil Cicerega? I did. Who Cicer- is that guy? Very interesting dude, man. So is, I got, he a, is is this a today thing or like is this in the eighties or? Well, something? No, not eighties. He's uh, he's probably in his mid twenties now. But I kind of stumbled upon him last night. Um, if you if you Google um, or YouTube search for Lenny Kravitz "Fly Away" with lyrics, the very first hit is uh, is Neil, yeah, and it's kind of posing as as the real official with lyrics, but it's a mashup version that he did, and the lyrics are uh, are not accurate. It's it's like Weird Al for the modern for the modern age, but anyway, he has three albums out. I think one's called. Uh, uh, mouth sounds. We're talking about Neil. Yeah, Neil Ciceriga or something like that. Somebody can correct me on how do you say his name. But he has three albums: Mouth Sounds, which was a uh, a uh, uh, an album of mashups that all centered around Smash Mouth. <laughs> and uh, so, anyway, you've got you've got that, and then Mouth Silence, and then Mouth Moods. Those are his three albums, and they're all just mashups of, uh, of, of pop, pop songs with, uh, with interesting twists. So the guy, the, the, the guy that I saw in the one, the one this morning, which was Ghostbusters thing. Bustin. Bustin. B- Bustin. I ain't afraid of no bed. The guy, <laughs> I ain't afraid of no sleep. <laughs> the, guy, the guy that's yeah. green screening himself in. Mm. With, I'm gonna call well, it period accurate hair, right? <laughs> and dress is the 20 something year old Neil. No, so actually, no, that was Ray Parker Jr. Okay, so that is actually Ray Parker Jr. That's and it looked like that was some sort of Swedish or when uh, the Ghostbusters theme song was hot and taking over the world. That was actually shot, and I'm gonna call it Germany, some, Germany. some incredibly Scandinavian or, or you know Bavarian culture. Uh, he was on some local show, but what what Neil Neil did was he took those clips and did his his art, which is taking existing ridiculous things and and turning them into into meme like content. 
He also had this thing called uh, Potter's Puppet Pals. Mm-hmm. It was like a puppet show um, based around Harry Potter. And he did another very famous, uh, like when Flash was the thing. When have you ever heard of Fla- Albino Black Sheep? No, you know no. they did the Lemonade song. Um, <laughs> no, l- look at my horse. My horse is amazing. Anyway, that was very very funny Flash animations. Um, but he did a showdown. Some I'm going to butcher this, but it's like the ultimate showdown of Ultimate Destiny. Anyway, he's had his hands in a lot of these internet culture things, and it's mm-hmm. all coming from this one dude. And he was just bored, and he just had an Adobe license and just went crazy <sighs> when he would when he'd be working on some you know project with merit, and when he would get bogged down in it, he would just do these things to waste time. And uh, I got on it last night, and it was a rabbit hole of his three albums. The first one, like I said, was all based around Smash Mouth. Yeah, you can just pull, take that thing uh, wherever you want. And uh, so, Kate, again, we introed, in case we cut that out, Kate Fakel, uh brand-new intern here at Back 40 Beer Company, media intern, photojournalism, photojournalism major, philosophy minor, and journalism major. I'm going to call that a meta-major. And was already a content creator. I realized that I had I had already seen some of Kate's videos and didn't figure it out until she'd already begun her internship here. Um, I just did a did a search as I'm wont to do sometimes for back forty reviews, and Kate's face popped up as one of the first reviews. Her review, I think it was a peanut butter porter, and I was like, "Hey, wait a minute, that's oh, she's like three rooms <laughs> over. She right works right here. There. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah." Um, Know that girl. She you were the first here. person to recognize me outside right? of YouTube. <laughs> yeah. So That's Kate, awesome. uh, Kate's from Ohio. Went to OU. Is that how you Go do Bucks. it? Go Bucks. Well, oh. yeah. I mean, we. I was a Bobcat, but uh. Oh. Oh. But you're we're o- Buckeyes. Yeah. In you're Ohio. A, okay. Ohio State. O H. Um. So oh. the uh. It, anyway. Ohio transplant to Alabama <laughs> yeah. and working here at the brewery, but the the first week of work she's like hey i gotta take off um the afternoon of whatever and go down to birmingham so i can uh get some tattoo work done she's got a a, the start (laughs) of a leg do they call them sleeves on the leg too yeah it's not a pant it's still a sleeve oh a pant no it's not it's not a pant learning so much here (laughs) so it's a leg piece it's still a leg sleeve (laughs) she has the start of a leg sleeve and and you could tell you know that it was just an outline. I mean, I, I not a tattoo person myself. I can be Maybe like, okay, that day. appears to be the start <laughs> of a tattoo, and I didn't realize what it, what it was. Just the outline and everything at, at first, until we kind of started talking about it, and I realized that it was a Star Wars scene. Yeah, it's an Imperial Walker. Yeah, and yeah, then, right now, just it, Episode Five. Right yeah, in there. <laughs> so she comes back the next day, and I'm like, how'd it go? How'd it go? And and look at you know, it's three hours of work, three hours at a time. Is that what it is? Yeah, you so you're go six once hours in. Yep, six hours in. So six hours of work, and it's about three quarters of the way filled in. Uh, it's got Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, and the uh, let, let's play a little. Let's that's gonna be uh, Empire Strikes Back. Yes. Okay, that's yeah. Empire Strikes Back. And then it's got the four legged walking thing. Either an at or an ATAT. There's always a debate on oh, whether or not to oh. call it. <laughs> Very heated debate, yeah, I'm right. sure. Of course. <laughs> uh, that that is above everything else, and that is from uh, Return of the Jedi. Nope, both episodes. Oh, is five. it both? both? Yep. Okay, all right. Sticking with, sticking with the. Which same. one's the Ewoks? Return of the Jedi. Yep. All right. Episode five being the Empire Strikes Back. Yes. 
one of my faves. So anyway, the best, the best one. So I she throw it out there. So she comes back and 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 I real I realize after looking at the detail that she's also wearing Star Wars shoes. Yes. <laughs> so yes. so this is a, an appreciation that goes uh, above and beyond. So George Lucas, um, <clears throat> you have influenced the uh, hearts and minds of many a generation now. That's right. The fandom's deep. Yeah. Um, one of the best essays ever and, and really eye-opening one was I read about uh, Empire Strikes Back. So your dude, uh, Chuck Klosterman? Klosterman? Klosterman. Klosterman? Yeah, Chuck I, Klosterman? everybody likes to say Klosterman. It's, it's kind of like, it's kinda like uh, Jim Cook, not yeah. Jim Coke. Everybody Ooh. likes to say Jim Coke and yeah. profess that that's right. And though the funny thing is, I, I'm going to call Jason out. Jason, yeah. who has a personal relationship and serves right. on a board with Jim yeah. Cook, uh, they talk. They talk. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've witnessed personal conversations with. I've witnessed Jason drop a call. In fact, I warned Jason before we got in an elevator in New York City one time when he was on the phone with Craft Beer's first billionaire. I'm like, hey, if we get in this elevator, you're about to drop a call. And we got in the elevator, and he dropped the call. And I was with able to Sam say, Adams, founder. Yeah. Jim Cook. Cook. Like cooking in the kitchen, baby. Yeah. That's how I remember it. But anyway, I. I Who I was very controversial because he, uh, since we're spiraling into controversies, by sure. the way, it's GIF and not GIF. Um, yeah. Debate, I, don't get debate. me started. Um, so um, I don't remember which one I, I'm passionately Jim, behind, which basically whatever you're not saying. I'm like, right. no, it's the other one. Jim Cook uh, was very controversial and started some controversy because he says that he has a secret to not getting drunk because he's oh. very famous for oh. drinking at all of these um, industry conferences we go to, the CBC, uh, the Great American Beer Festival. You always see him with a beer, but you never really see him sloshed. And he said it's because... His secret weapon is he drinks brewer's yeast mm-hmm. before he drinks. Uh, and, and ba- baker's yeast, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's yeast. You know, it, it's it's the yeast it's, you it's can buy Fleischmann's. in the grocery store. It's Fleischmann's the packet, yeast. Packet, packet. Right. And I know this because I tried this, Brad. And, and did it work for you? No, it yeah. did not work. Scientists the world over have debunked this guy's claim, um, but he says it works for him. And well, maybe it's... Belly? I d- yes, you've heard this story. <laughs> yeah. Testing on Freckle Belly. Yeah, I did. Uh, so Freckle Belly, uh, for, uh, Freckle Belly is our IPA, and it is, it's my favorite beer of the core beers that we do, just from a flavor standpoint. Right. But the go-to for most all of us around here is Naked Pig. Um, and uh, so I guess you could call that the favorite. But uh, Freckle Belly is kind of my Sunday beer, my champagne, if yeah. you will, special occasions. And if you go past one, and it, you know, then it's really the the i don't know what you want to call it the degree of how of effectiveness yeah. uh, goes up dramatically yes so it's i tried very bioavailable the alcohol in yeah. freckle belly i yeah. tried the uh the, as soon as i read that it was in like a vanity fair mac yeah, variety yeah, yeah. So i don't remember major publication yeah sure. esquire maybe mm-hmm. <clears throat> anyway and i was like as soon as i read that i went right to johnson's and got a, a bunch of packets of Fleischmann's. and he puts um, he, he mixes it with, uh, yogurt. To, right. To, yep. So I got like, you know, four packets and four, um, things of yogurt and, and ate yeah. all of them and then went and <laughs> proceeded to attempt to drink yeah. and got hammered. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, it was, a uh, uh, yes, it was yeah. an experience. 
That's so, that's awesome. Um, I, I love. Uh, what about the guy who has that disease where he has brewer's yeast that lives in his gut, and so when he eats, um, you know, whether it's bread or or any sugar source that he eats, it yeah. gets converted to alcohol. Well, I in think his that stomach. was in the article, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that's what start yeah. that that. Yeah, the rabbit trail happened there. Um, yeah. I'm going to nominate this for the most ju- disjointed podcast. Well, listen, ever. Brad. Let's go ahead and <laughs> let's go ahead and call it out. The so the the occasion here today is let the, the with Kate here, especially trying to get on um on a little bit more of a regular schedule of putting mm-hmm. out podcasts. Let's see if we can bang these things out a bit a little bit right. more regularly. And frankly, Brad, to be honest with you, this one may be trash. This right. may be just an exercise or in getting awesome. the gear out, but. The the uh, overarching question I have is Brad, what what is our podcast? You know, I mean, it's right. the 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 tagline has been drink it on the job or drink on the job. Drink it's been so long, I even forget. Yeah. Drink, drink on, the, on job. the job, and it's uh, it's God, what is the tag? Forgotten the tagline, Brad. I used to say it uh, at least twelve a times. Story about it's it's uh, uh, it's. It's a podcast about working at a brewery and the interesting stories and people we come across along the way. That's what it is. Yeah, that's it. Um, to put a bow on it. To put yeah. a bow on it. And and so the original idea was to try to you know rope folks in you know wherever we go get content. You know right. you got somebody that works that we come across in the beer industry when somebody's visiting. Well, people are always saying, "What's it like to work in a brewery?" I wish I I wish I worked in a brewery. Yeah. You know, you guys have the coolest job. Which we do, yeah. Um, but uh, to shed a little bit more light on what it's really like to work somewhere where, um, you know, maybe you, you can drink on the job and uh, where you can meet people and um, and see the interactions that we have through the lens of people that actually work in this industry. Yeah, and I guess that's still what it is. Again, I just wanted to kind of openly uh, the address the elephant in the room that is we're starting this thing back up. And we're pulling the gear out, and we're gonna um, see where it goes. Well, the last podcast was Bow Bikes Bama, but that was a kind of a unique one. And then the one before that, I believe, was international. Um, was the China and Mexico right. one, which yeah. was right after, which was right before one of the wildest roller coaster rides we've been on with the new craft. the The new brewer uh, title, I think, sums right. it up: the new craft reality. Right. Um, we it has been a roller coaster ride. Here at right. Back Forty, over well, the, and we're in craft beer generally. We're in a post-reality world now, yeah. right? Like the whole world has uh, taken on this uh, surreal tent. You know, I mean, literally, I, I I heard that that recording that you made the morning after um, the U.S. presidential yeah. election, as you sat in the in the Mexican airport, yeah, um, w- with just you know, again, post-reality reality, where it's like. This doesn't feel like real life at all. You know, it's every day I have this strange realization that we, uh, the world is truly stranger than any fiction you could come up with these days. And I guess the elephant in the room here, or the elephant in, in the world, the election. Of the, you the, talking about the Mander in Chief? No, yeah. well, yeah. I mean, the things that Donald have, J. Trump. The things yeah. that have happened after, yeah, because Mander in Chief, that was right after that. I mean, right. to sum it all up, you know, for. We were in Mexico and can and uh, well, we're in Canada. We had been in Canada for years. We were in Mexico and in China, 
uh, or excuse me, we've been in China now for two years, and we're, we were working on Mexico when I reported. And when you say we're in, we're um, trading, we're selling beer. Selling beer, And yeah. we've been selling beer in Canada for years. Um, we've started selling beer in China, and you guys were in Mexico working on a, a trade deal. And, um, to and sell Trip beer and in Jason were in China. And, and this Trip was and all Jason were, were actually in China. On the day of the election. Right. And the it will play the bit that but basically I was walking through the airport and I just we'd we'd gone to sleep the night before uh it was the day of the election and we're walking around, we we signed our distribution deal with our Mexican distributor. We were down there because of a beer festival, Copa Cerveza. It's, right. it's if not the biggest, one of the biggest beer festivals in Mexico. And we just we entered some beers and we used that as the opportunity to go down there and meet face to face the couple of different distributor contacts that we had made and right. been talking to and with an intention of signing a deal. We did that. We signed a deal and everybody was nervous about the election, but of course we were telling them, Oh, come on, this is this has been fun, but yeah. everybody knows Hillary's gonna win. Right. And don't worry about it. Everything's gonna be fine. And we go to we go to sleep nervous. You know, we were watching the the time sure. zone was the same, and we were watching what everybody else was CNN or whatever. And we went to sleep thinking eh, it's looking like it could it's 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 tight, it's but up it's in the gonna air. be fine. Yeah. It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. And then actually, our, uh, um, uh, Vince, who was with me, um, we you know had a double 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 there, Brad. Yeah. Um, he he got up in the middle of the night and checked his phone. And I remember just waking up to Trump won. That was it. Just two <laughs> words. I don't even know if I responded. I just rolled back over and, and tried to process right. and went to sleep. And then woke up the next morning at 4 a.m. To, to catch a cab ride to the airport and an early flight home. And that's when I record. I just pulled out the phone. and I was like, I feel like I need to document what is happening. We are leaving. We had the most awkward cab ride ever from the hotel to the airport. The guy didn't say a word. I'm speaking right. Spanish to him and he's still not acknowledging. He's just, you know, right. airport. That's it. Yeah. And, um, in fact, we didn't even have to say anything cause it was the line for the airport. Right. Part. You know, it's like, I know where we're going. Right. Awkward. Get in there. Of course you got business folks and, and whatnot. And, and, and a lot of, U.S. folks in the airport too, so we were like commiserating ourselves. <laughs> yeah, well, like, and the peso just took a nosedive. That's it. You know? and yeah. So, long story short, the peso took a nosedive. China got weird. Um, uh, we are just now finally coming back around. Uh, in in Mexico, where the we went out of range of our peso. What made sense on paper, the the exchange rates we agreed upon, right. almost immediately after Trump got elected. So in our distribution deals, we had, um, you know, a, a value for the peso, which was going to be acceptable for both parties and kind of just a, a starting point to say, all right, here's where we think the peso is going to live. So we can talk numbers based on that exchange rate. And that exchange rate got blown out of the water. With it, the immediately, it immediately went into the yellow. And then another week later, it was well past the red. Right. And now it's at ten month low. You know, uh, it's nice. It's and, and Mexico is kind of. I don't want to say it's nice. I mean, we're not out of the woods yet, but right. um, Mexico has the the fear has died down, yeah. and they've accepted it. And they're almost poking fun, to be honest right. with you. At least that demographic, the crappier demographic of Mexico. Right. Um, but between that, well, as Trump said, the wall's gotten cheaper, right? Because he's he's gonna put solar solar panels. panels. Yeah. My idea, great idea. Oh, that was one of the greatest speeches I've ever seen when he talked to, when he revealed uh, his idea for, uh, 
or the solar panels. Uh, it's going to be beautiful. The bigger it gets, the more efficient it gets, and and it's going to look nice too. <laughs> Walking through the Mexican airport in Guadalajara, headed back to the U.S. The day after the election. And I got to say, it's kind of surreal. And actually, this, this whole trip's kind of been weird. We got here on the Day of the Dead, probably Mexico's most traditional and revered holiday. Then we saw the Cubs win, and we went to sleep last night thinking the election was going to go one way. Woke up at about 1 in the morning, saw it was going the other. And then, of course, this morning, it is what it is. And it's a, it's a weird feeling here. Everybody's not really saying too much to us because, of course, the Mexican peso is being affected negatively. So really, our entire trip down here may have been for naught, at least in the near future. But let's hope that it doesn't get too crazy. And uh, we're able to pull pull this thing around. Now, I just got to find where the hell my Puerta Ocho is. All right. It's so great to have uh, yeah, yeah, a millennial yeah. in here. Listen. I am the grandfather of millennials. I think, Brad, technically you're like yeah. great-grandfather. I'm the dirty uncle. You're the dirty uncle. <laughs> to yeah. millennials. You, you I, ate- s- I speak the language and, uh, and experience the culture, but creepily from afar. Yeah, That's probably the best the best way that I've ever heard you explain. <laughs> Brad lives Brad, Brad knows Brad lives more in the Internet underworld than, than anybody I know. Which is why he can uh, uh, communicate about things like, well, I guess you know about, that sums it up well. You know about Battlefront, but you don't know it's called Battlefront. Right. Well, <laughs> I, it, that's it, what matters. E3, though, was true. very exciting. So, it video was. Game world. It was. Here we come. <laughs> well, I love it. And, you know, I, I grew up, obviously, in video game culture and really never, never left it. And then, you know, there was a time period, I was working for a company in Auburn, Alabama called Coachcom. And a lot of people don't know, but Coach Com does the headsets for the NFL, the the wireless technology that um, every NFL team uses, most ninety percent of college football uses, um, and countless high school and junior college teams use. And there are several little cottage industries that Coach Com has its hands in. But I was working for Coach Com in about two thousand seven to two thousand ten in Auburn, and one of my coworkers was a sure enough. Um, IT administrator. He was in, you know, deep in in internet culture. And I thought I used the internet. And I yep. thought I knew about the internet. But sitting next to my buddy, shout out to Brett Dollar, who's out there somewhere. Um, so Brett um, was kind of a little bit of my tour guide into, oh, and we know you guys think you use the internet, but here's what's really going on with the internet. And uh, when when my eyes were open, I was like, oh, okay. There's a whole culture out here of people that grew up with the internet as the you know the central communication tool, yeah. um, and I'm still old enough to remember um, the first time I ever got on the internet 
which Jason, I'll, I'll, I'll out him here, Jason had found this login to the USDA's text-only internet. All right? Really? Yes. So the first time I ever logged on the internet was, appropriately enough, a pirated login oh, of course. to, uh, to uh, the USDA um, intranet internet. So, um, which is obviously an oxymoron, but that was the first time I ever saw the internet was a, a pirated login to a f- government institution. And I was like, Oh, what is this? This is, this is interesting. And then to go come full circle and, and have uh, brother dollar lead me into a uh, slash B of 4chan. And then, oh man, and 4chan then, existed back then. Yeah. 2000. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, this yeah, is, yeah. we're talking about, no, we're talking about 2007 ish. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is, yeah your buddy. Yeah. And then I realized where you know where meme culture was coming from, and 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 got in on a lot of the inside jokes. And is then, Brett is Brett from Dothan? He is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. I, yeah. We've talked about this before. Yeah. His dad was the football coach uh-huh. at, at HA. Uh, Rodney Dollar, I believe yeah, it was. Yeah yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. Without without doxing Brett too much. Um. At this time, his dad was uh, coaching around Auburn. Sure. And so he he and I just became buddies as as a support a support team for one of the Coachcom uh, video editing products. And, uh, and yeah. <laughs> Can I tell a, a Coach Dollar story here real quick? Yeah, Ho- go for it. Ho- hopefully it's not uh, whatever. He's, he's not at my school anymore. But the uh, he came my junior or senior year. I can't remember which. And at the time, and I went to a small – I was in upper school, as right, you guys yeah. give me a hard time for, as a small school my mom taught at a private school. Uh, so anyway, we um, we had these – our senior year, we had free periods. So it was a college preparatory school. God, I, I, I yeah, can't I'm, – I, I'm, I should can't even look at you right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we had free periods. So we were uh, – it was supposed to, you know, simulate the college experience. Can right. you be responsible yeah. to, to leave and come back to campus? And uh, we had two that rotated during the day, and then your sixth period uh, was – any anything from uh, study hall to PE or whatever. Mine was PE, mm-hmm. so I was I had to. It wasn't a free period. I had to be at school. Right. But I didn't play football. I didn't play any sport at that time. I I, I uh, played music and mowed grass. That's basically right. all. Those were my extracurricular activities. Right. And so I went into Coach Dollar's office. He was who was very focused on football at the time. I mm-hmm. said I said Coach, listen, I don't play football or really any sport for the school would you mind if i just didn't come <laughs> to class we make a deal here yeah. yeah and he was like yeah i don't know that'd be fine and i got a's <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. i'll make a deal with you you give me a's and you never have to see you never me. have yeah. to deal yeah. with this waste of your weight room space right. um yeah so anyway the uh yeah, well, I, I remember as well, Brad, the first time I logged, it was not a pirated uh, government mm-hmm. website. It was just good old-fashioned dial-up AOL, dial-up yeah. AOL, and yeah. I remember uh, uh, chat rooms or just the chat function. Mm-hmm. You know, you, yeah. you chatted with your friends. The you I know the text. Messenger. Oh, miss it. Yeah. That was yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I, re- I remember that and... Um, MySpace days. Oh God! Yeah, this is. I don't know my account. I'm afraid to know what pictures are on there. But <laughs> I canceled mine. 
Yeah, the the AOL days where um, you know, you just had buttons, just had yeah. had buttons for a chat room, and it was you know they were all PG, you know, or, or G or PG. It's mm-hmm. like cooking. That was you know, kind of yeah. the start of the emojis, though, because even with MSN Messenger, you could send little yeah. gifs. ICQ. ICQ was. I remember when ICQ came out. Do you, you remember nope, that, Kate? Nope. So it's literally the letters I, C, and Q, and that was uh, way more advanced than AIM and and mm-hmm. MSN Messenger. That was the cool one where you could actually tag other people and know when they were online, and you had statuses and all that. ICQ. That was that was kind of pre pre-aim even msn messenger but yeah those early days of the internet man mom get off yeah your mom picks up the phone yeah knocks you off yeah Yeah. oh me and my friends used to get nervous all the time because we had old flip phones and when you'd accidentally hit that internet button you're like oh my gosh x out x out because you would have to pay extra for that and now it's just second nature to do that i remember when when uh in college when the dorms got um some version of cable internet to where they were always online yeah and napster was the thing and the way that napster worked was you had to be online for your files to be accessible right so you could share music and the girls dorms were always online so you know they had um the best music yeah well they it was it was just <laughs> it was just always available right that was brad that was how my amazing amazingly terrible songs that i Somehow right. put on the internet first got. That's how they got yeah. out there. Yeah. yeah, that's how they got out Pretty there. Pretty girl. Yeah. yeah, and there was another one. Download down Pandora. There, yeah. No, <laughs> fortunately, it's not available now that Napster's gone. I don't know if there are any surviving copies other than probably my mother. But there was one other song, uh, regrettably titled "When Daisies Fall." Oh, it sounds as terrible as yes. it. Whatever, whatever. Yes, uh, and. Uh, and because of the Napster thing, um, just just Kate, um, right now is where we cut. And yes, they play <laughs> "When Daisies Perfect. Fall" by David. Oh Gaunt. no, you good luck. Yes. Daisy Ridley is Ray now, so it can't. It's oh, there okay. you go. That's a it's time in. to bring it back. Tied into Star Wars. Tied time to bring it completely. back. <laughs> but no, this is this. I just wanted to the, the Napster thing allowed the, um, and I think I've told this story before on a podcast. But um, my mother called me one day and said. Hey, um, I some woman that she knew from her high school that lived in Jasper said, "Is your son's name David?" And she said, "Yeah." And um, he said, "Well, he's in the paper in Jasper today for these these kids at a high school talent show. It was it was listing everything that everybody performed, and two uh, guys at a high school in Jasper performed when daisies fall oh, nice. at the talent show. So, Brad." Nice. And Kate, everybody, listen. <laughs> I've been covered. Yes, you haven't. No, I'm yes. just kidding. You were covered. Fair enough, though. I love it. Listen, I mean, it's it, a badge it, of honor. It, it, yeah. it, in all, whatever. This is obviously silliness, but um, but yeah, hell yeah. Cross that off the list, Brad. I put right. a piece of art out in the into the world that somebody else performed. You released one of your children out there, and someone adopted it and made it their own. Yeah, that's uh. Content, man. Content. Cut all that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to keep it all in No, there. that's all staying. That's beautiful. The main topic. The more embarrassed David gets, the more it goes in. We yep. have been granted, that's right. um, wisely or unwisely by the federal government, 
a uh, Dis- a license to distill whiskey. Mm-hmm. It's called a mm. distilled spirits plant permit from right. the federal government, and then our state uh, license. Not to not to get lawyer get too much lawyerly here, but whatever. We're licensed to to make liquor. That's now. right. We make liquor. We yeah. make liquor it's and not, have and not, have made some liquor. Well, yeah, it's a te- kind of test batch stage right now. So, so I don't think anything will be available this weekend, but. That's exciting. Continuing a deep Gadsden tradition of liquor making. Yes, Brad. In- you want to tell. Yeah, including, um, I would encourage you all to put on your Google goggles and Google um, Spoon and Lim Motlow. L-E-M and for limb. Spoon. M- and, and Spoon, spelled <laughs> like Spoon. Spoon, um, spoon and Lim Motlow who were um, brothers and the nephews by marriage, correct, of yes. one Jack Daniels. Jack Daniel. Yeah. I like yeah. corrected people. Yeah. Like yeah, that's that. right. It is Jack Daniel, um, who made a whiskey that was his own. Uh, mm-hmm. So the possessive being Jack, Jack Daniels. Daniels. Of course. Um, sour mash, old number seven Listen, whiskey. If you're getting a theme here, Jim Cook, uh, uh, Jack Daniel. I like yeah. to correct people. That's that all right. I, uh, some of my favorite people are pedantic assholes. <laughs> um, so <laughs> we're both correcting you today. That's uh, all right. I, I'm uh, I'm open to correction. I leave myself open a lot. But anyway, Spoon. So Spoon had a tavern here, which um, was by all accounts a very rough place. Um, and uh, he and his brother Lim, not too far from here, uh, blocks from here, on what used to be called Tuscaloosa Avenue in Gadsden, had uh, the Coosa River Whiskey Company. Is that how, how do you say it? Coosa uh, River. Well, they had the Coosa River. The Coosa uh, River Process. No, it was Lincoln County Link- Process. Well, the Lincoln County Process, but while it was here, that's right. Coosa River Whiskey. And they used the Lincoln County Made with the process. Lincoln County Process. And Lincoln County is is where Lynchburg, Tennessee is, which right. is where Uncle Jack was, uh, and, and Jack Daniel, or Jack Daniels still right. operates. Right. So, um... Lim, uh, Lim and Spoon were here doing their thing. They had the their whiskey company uh, a couple of blocks away uh, from here, and uh, Spoon's Tavern, which Lim was also an owner, I believe, a, yeah. a co-owner, um, was uh, a seedy place. Uh, got a couple of uh, violent incidents happen mm-hmm. there, which mm-hmm. helped lead the temperance movement mm-hmm. here in in Gadsden, which which we all know led to uh, prohibition. But um, when to to put a to put a bow on this story and to wrap it up a little bit when jack was getting older in age and and didn't have any heirs he was looking for someone to take over um uh, the distillery mm-hmm. in lynchburg and he called on uh on Lim to uh to come up and and basically take over um and then Lim uh very astutely and uh let me tell this part yeah you tell this part let me tell yeah. this part so as as an attorney myself, I appreciate the the stroke of legal genius here. Of course, not being a Daniel himself in in name, Lim Motlow to secure his part of the Jack Daniels legend, uh, had the company legally renamed to Jack Daniels Distilling, comma Lim Motlow, comma proprietor, comma Inc. Right, and that is the actual legal name 
to this day, I actually looked it up mm-hmm. a few months ago. Even though they did change in, I think, 2011, they changed the name on the bottles right. to just be Jack Daniels Distilling or Distillery right. or something. Well, yeah, on, on most bottles. Just, bo- just a DBA. Historically, on bottles of Jack Daniel, you would see Lim's name in signature form on the bottle, right. and it would say Lim Motlow Proprietor. Yeah. On, on just about every bottle that I saw up until, you say it was 2011-ish. I, I want to say that's when it was. Yeah. Um, but the 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 really the place where you can see where you can see it the most still to this day because most of them are old is barrels right you see jack daniels barrels all around if you go into antique stores or a lot of times they'll be selling them for a couple hundred bucks or if you go into a brewery we we've had several um jack daniels barrels over the years and may even still have some right now but stamped on the sides of the barrels it's it's the full legal name with you know lim motlow comma proprietor comma inc the whole thing right. so look out for that and and you know that's that's uh, Gadsden right there. Right. Who knows what would have happened because uh, Lynchburg, of course, is is dry. It's a dry county mm-hmm. anyway. Uh, but Tennessee, you could still manufacture alcohol in in Tennessee. Uh, actually, I don't want to speak to that. I don't know if, if they went dry in the temperance movement or anything like that. But and we went dry in 1907. Um, it it was at least a. I, I can't remember the exact dates of prohibition, but um, it was it, it was over a decade later. Right. So there were still um, I want to say like fifteen. I was, it was in the twenties, I think. I really should know that, but I know that it's Eighteenth Amendment, and then the Twenty First Amendment uh, was what repealed. canceled it out yeah. or repealed it. Um, but anyway, the in, in in Alabama lore, as most stories happen, uh, you'll hear it mumbled in cafes around town that you know Jack Daniels was almost in Gadsden, yeah. or Jack Daniels started in Gadsden. You know, uh, it's the telephone game. Sure, but there is, as most of those stories in urban legends, there's a kernel of truth to it, and still, um, we will see Jack Daniels collectors and treasure hunters that will show up in and around Gadsden. And one of the most prized possessions is to find one of these um, pottery uh, pieces of pottery that has, uh, you know, Coosa River Whiskey Company right. or Coosa Whiskey Company um, and any kind of limb or spoon motlow um, notation on it. Yeah. That's one of the prized collector's items that you can find as a Jack Daniels collector is one of those stoneware pots that uh, that they used to have their whiskey in. And people find them. They're, they find, you know, whole whole specimens of it and you know broken pieces right um not too far from here was a place where they disposed of um their barrels and disposed of uh, a lot of those broken pieces of pottery and if you can find some of that stoneware that says that mentions the old uh coosa river whiskey company um with spoon and limb motlow then you uh you've got yourself a treasure well and another thing too for the first few months we were operating people would bring Little pieces of parchment, let's call it, Brad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what that's what paper was back then, I guess. A little, yeah, little yeah. piece of parchment, papyrus, uh, with yeah. with beautiful, beautiful uh, script lettering, yeah. uh, you know, uh, cursive lettering, um, and say this is the Jack Daniel's old number seven whiskey recipe. Right. And it probably was at least close to it. Sure. Um, and then, of course, I would say, well, that's a trade secret. And right. uh, we don't need David to have go to all lawyer on them and <laughs> scare them out of here. So to my knowledge, we are the first people to legally produce whiskey in Gadsden since uh, since Lim pulled up roots and went went home to Uncle Jack and and joined up in in Jack Daniels uh, Distillery, comma, yeah. Lim Motlow, comma, proprietor, comma, LLC, comma. Inc. Yeah, coming. LLCs didn't didn't exist back then, oh, Brad. That's right. That's right. 
Thank you. I've been corrected again. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we're we are we're making light of it, but we're very proud to carry on that tradition of of making quality whiskey here in in Gadsden. Um, so basically, we're gonna become just like Jack Daniels. That's it. Yeah. Pretty much. Next is wine, right? Oh, Kate brings up wine. What about vinegar? Let's let's stick, yeah. Let's, oh, let's talk about vinegar. Sure. Let's talk yeah. about vinegar. So I had I just got back from a work slash beach trip down in uh, in Lower Alabama, Gulf Shores region, um, and I took a lot of uh, vinegar with me. So we make a craft product, a craft beer vinegar, um, all vinegar. Um, you know, wine and beer, if left to to its natural processes oxidized and becomes vinegar. Mm -hmm. So we, um, through some strokes of luck and ingenuity, um, uh, had some batches of beer that weren't up to our quality standards. And we said, we don't want to pour this stuff out. What if we were able to convert this into a locally made vinegar product? And so we partnered with a man named Jim Eddins, who is the uh, for all intents and purposes, godfather of making wine in Alabama. He is um, an encyclopedia of knowledge when it comes to making wine and making vinegar. Um, and so we partnered with Jim and just soaked up as much information as we could from him about how to make a quality vinegar from our beer. And to condense a very long story into a couple of sentences, we have started full production of back 40 craft beer vinegar here um, in Gadsden, and it is good. Yeah. It is really good. We've shared it with chefs all around the country from uh, downtown Manhattan, midtown Manhattan, to Lake Tahoe, California, to the West Coast, um, all of our chef buddies here in Alabama, you know, Leonardo Morelli, Wesley True, Rob McDaniel, Chris Hastings, um, David Bancroft, and they all just – tell us we've got uh, uh, an incredible product on our hand bill. uh yeah bill bill briand yeah. um i'm leaving out uh, we could talk about uh chefs that we know for for days and days uh trent bissell and trent bissell who started just opened up 10 crows restaurant which is in uh beautiful lake tahoe california uh or lake tahoe nevada depending on how which side of the state line you're on but um Anyway, all these guys have tasted this vinegar, and they just love it. They go nuts for it. And so I was down at the beach and um, was meeting with some of our partners at Lulu's Home Port. Their chef tasted it and said, yes, give this to me. Mm -hmm. I want it. So uh, places like Lulu's, Fisher's, Bill Brian, Johnny Fisher, and uh, Bill Brian at Fisher's Orange Beach, um, they have it on the menu um, Luna's, uh, Cosmos, that whole compound that's on Can Canal Street in Orange Beach, Alabama. Um, they've picked it up and put it on the menu. There's a place called Gulf, the Gulf, which is an amazing concept uh, built around shipping containers right on Perdido Pass in, in Orange Beach. They've just put it on the menu. And um, Garden and Gun Magazine put it in their new encyclopedia of Southern food as an example of a truly um, unique native Alabama product that you can only get here in the Deep South and, and made here at Back 40 Beer Company. And it is outstanding. Yeah. These big, huge citrus notes um, and then kind of that roasty, earthy flavor that comes from the malt. Um, and you can buy some too if you would like. That's right. At, at back40beer.com, we sell it through our web store. Um, 
but it's just uh, I, I've been personally amazed at the reaction that these chefs have had. Sure, you know, they taste it and then their brains just start going crazy. Everywhere they need a little acid kick. Anywhere they were going to use wine or we're going to use lemon juice um, or white distilled vinegar, they take our back forty beer vinegar and it just ups the game big time on all those recipes. So, yeah, and then I, I mean, in, anywhere you use vinegar, I mean, as a at home, you know, I I use I use it on my salads these days, and and I used to be heavier on the oil than the vinegar and this is not a bias thing this is just a it tastes better yeah it tastes better um now i'm i'm i mean with more vinegar right uh so i just have the um open open top don't even try to to stop the flow and i just let it let it let it go a little beer vinegar on the on the leafy greens and some uh, olive oil and it's uh Delish. Bill uh, Bill Brian at, at Fisher's does uh, a mignonette with it, and a mignonette yeah. is an oyster sauce that, um, uh, and I've done it at home. It's just you know shallots, maybe a, a tad of lemon juice, some olive oil, and um, and then you just mix it right in the half shell, and it's just a, a beautiful presentation. You can really taste the vinegar. Um, it the vinegar is the forefront of that mignonette sauce. It's delicate. It's uh, it's perfect. Um, I also use it when I'm doing snapper. So the red snapper is the um, uh, the cash cow of Alabama recreational fishing. And if I'm going to do some snapper, I'll do an equal parts mix of the vinegar, um, a good olive oil, some shallots, uh, some Meyer lemons. Which uh, shout out to Meyer Vacation Rooms. Um, <laughs> but I'll use Meyer lemons. Do you know what a Meyer lemon is, Dave? Is there a connection? I do, but is there, there a connection? There is no the, connection yeah, okay. d- directly to Meyer Vacation Rentals, um, our corporate travel partners. I didn't uh, know if, if that was like the name inspired by. No, no, no. So I, a Meyer lemon is a lemon that's bred with a tangerine. Sure. And so it creates a little bit sweeter um, uh, lemon that's just ultimately tasty so if when i'm doing red snapper i'll take a raw red snapper fillet and i'll just uh, marinate it in equal parts vinegar oil uh, dijon mustard shallots and ginger and just drudge it down in there and then put it into the pan and then as you finish it just sprinkle the marinade over the top to make like a pan sauce and i'm telling you it's uh it, it just brightens up that snapper and makes it delicious it's so good I want there are right also now. some recipes on our website, back40beer.com, under the blog, if you want to go try any of those out for some beer vinegar. Boom. And there will be even more if we stop this podcast and let <laughs> and Kate go put work. them <laughs> on right, the... I love that. So we're we're hungry now. Yeah, we talked I, about beer vinegar. We talked. I talk, still need to try this, too. It we, sounds awesome. We talked <laughs> about whiskey. We talked about Star, Star Wars, Wars, of course. Um, and um, we've talked about Trump. So I think we've... <laughs> Just round it out. I think we've wrapped everything up. So, um, yeah. Well, welcome back to the Drink on the Job podcast. Uh, And uh, hopefully we'll keep these things going a little bit more regularly. This was the, I think, the 13th episode of Drink on the Job. And uh, and looking forward to more to come. Please check out MeyerRE.com, MeyerVacationRentals.com for your beach needs this year. And uh, RTJ Golf. Um, You'll find links to both of them 
on uh, on the Back 40 website, back40beer.com. All of that is spelled out. So, again, Meyer Vacation Rentals, MeyerRE.com. Check out the discounts. Uh, you can get there with their 50, 50th anniversary celebration. And RTJGolf.com and specifically back40beer.com slash rtjgolf if you want to get a free trail card rate voucher. Or just buy a six-pack of cans of Back 40 Beer, guys. Buy a six-pack of cans. And by the way, I didn't mention it in the intro, but that's our core beers. So the new the new bikini boxes that you see of Naked Pig, Truck Stop Honey, Freckle Belly, and Paw Paw's Peach uh, have on the bottom a trail card rate voucher that you can cut out. Yeah, uh, we're going to... Follow Kate's lead, and uh, and we'll we'll do some live blogging, some uh, some Snapchat polls, some uh, just all kinds of social Twitter media interactions. Things. We'll give you guys maybe do some Facebook Live, some Periscope, um, start these things up, and let you guys get involved as as much as you want to. Um, yeah, and, answer your questions, give you shout outs, us to talk about. Yeah, we'll just play around with the format. You too, experiment, drink on the job. That's right. <laughs> all right, guys. Bye. Cheers. Catch you on the next one. <laughs> <laughs> it's GIF, not GIF. Oh. It's totally GIF. It's-